You're listening to Freud's Angels, where we talk about where the science of the mind meets the spirit of the heart. Each week, we'll discuss ways to create awareness of yourself and your reaction to the world around you today, as well as healing events of the past. I'll be bringing in both traditional and non-traditional psychology concepts, and I'll be bringing the healing through the lens of our heart and how to heal what we discover creating a powerful connection between what our heart needs and what our mind thinks we want. Now we're your hosts. I'm Amy. And I'm Vanessa. Now let's get into the show. Hello, hello, angels. Welcome to episode 76 of the Freud's Angels podcast. One that is very relevant. I mean, I say this, I think I say this every time. (laughs) Right. Like it's all relevant, of course, but mm-hmm. I'm feeling a little personal uh, attachment to this one. Yeah. Um, oddly enough, we're talking about it, uh, about something like that. So, uh, yeah, let's get into it. What are we going to what are we actually going to do today, Amy, <laughs> that I have to do? <laughs> we're going to make some people who like stuff a little uncomfortable. Um, we are going to talk about today. We're going to talk about how to release our attachments to the physical stuff, to the, like the physical attachments to our stuff, our tchotchkes and our, the stuff in our house and the garage that may be full of stuff and like how, how we can maneuver through releasing that attachment. Because I I just think it's so important. I think so many people suffer from this attachment syndrome, um, whether it's learned by their own family, whether it's a guilt thing, whether it's an obligation thing, you know, I feel that so many people suffer from it and then continually suffer because it's Mm -hmm. like baggage. It's like, you know, we, we used back in the day, we talked about our suitcases that Debbie Joe taught us about all of our suitcase of, you know, souvenirs we carry along in our life. Well, then we, you know, pull on our suitcases of like, all the stuff we carry. And that's also mm-hmm. emotional baggage as well as the physical baggage. So that's yeah. double the weight. So yeah. I can yeah. feel it as you were saying. That's like, I literally feel how the judge keeps weighing me down. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> it's a very visual representation, right? Of like what it does. It's, it's very not grounding, but like smothering. It's yeah. It's weighing you, it's preventing you from moving forward is what it does. And, you know, I really feel that I used to be that person. And I speak from experience in that I traveled from Canada. I, when I moved to Canada, I had a car full of stuff. That was it. That's all I moved with. I came home with a U-Haul trailer full of shit. Just me, just me. And like, I began to collect and I began to like take on all of these things and all obligation because my mother sent it to me. And like, so I had bins of presents she would send me that I don't want, I didn't want it, but I kept it because I didn't, you know, and then I had other bins of stuff that I, that I just, that I kept and I carried and I carried and, you know, I, I, spent so much money and so much effort moving this stuff in to apartments into places you know back home from Canada like it was just too much and 
for me, you know, my process was different because it all changed when I had a healing session, but we're not quite there yet. So let's talk about ways that we could form attachments to things um, and understand that I, I think a disclaimer needs to be had here that we're not saying that attachment to physical things in a sense of like an heirloom or, you know, or something that maybe your grandma gave you and that reminds you of her. And it's something that you hold dear and you have it in pride of place in your home, or there are things that I understand the attachment to. And I understand why it's there because it holds a special place in your heart. And some people need a tangible physical object to remind them of a lost loved one. I get it. I do. I really do. So I have my dad's calculator. You know, like there are Mm -hmm. things that's okay. We're not saying all of us need to become minimalists today. So, so those of you who are, we are saying that if you have 750 of your grandma's things, we may need to talk about it. (laughs) Yeah. 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 It's really, um, yeah. I mean, then that's a, that's a good disclaimer because yes, you know, like I think that as we've evolved as people, we do um, allow for some things to be related that were not related before, you know, like 200 years ago, um, people didn't hold on to rings as like, oh, this is a symbol of my grandma because not everybody had rings, you know? And, and so that was, that was a completely different time period. So, you know, before there was all this stuff, people did, this is, you know, where I believe some of these rituals that we've lost have, you know, have been, they've been replaced by things, right? So, they would do the one day a year where, you know, you set the place at the table and, you know, you commemorate your loved ones that are lost because there wasn't a lot of material stuff around. Yeah. Now we are so very used to being able to have something every day that we get to look at. And so we've replaced the like ritual of connection with our loved ones at certain times with having tangible things that when we look at them, we feel them. Right. So it's not a bad thing. It's not that the, you know, that we've turned into these like ridiculous people. It makes sense because of the evolution of stuff that we've received, but it really is kind of rethinking that attachment in terms of what it does to our space, our physical space that is around us or what it does to us when things get lost and not allowing it to throw us into the pit of misery. Right. Like, so I I can think of, like as soon as you said that thing about there I was like oh god I remember I got when my aunt died I was given her clattering because I was her favorite niece or not I don't know if her favorite but we, we were the closest and um, I was given that and what I did was I took the stone that was out of it because it was small and I put a big diamond not big okay I put a bigger <laughs> stone in it that was a diamond that I had a loose diamond and I cherished that thing man I loved it so much and every time I looked at it I thought of her and how she her piece her piece of advice that she gave me was get married as many times as you need to to get it right because <laughs> she had been married three times and she's like whatever it doesn't matter just keep going until you find the one um, and that's what that ring represented for me Well, as I was moving out of New Jersey and throwing all kinds of stuff in the dumpster, it came off my finger and 
I don't even know if it's in the dumpster or not. I climbed in the dumpster to try to find it. It was the most disgusting thing I've ever done in my entire life. The inside of that, I mean, I don't, I'm going to spare you all the details, but it was just so disgusting that I abandoned mission and I stood outside of it and I cried a little, but not a lot because I said, it's just a material thing. That ring does not represent your connection to your, your aunt, your connection to your aunt has little to do with that ring because it was there way before you got the ring. But I had to, I mean, I had to do some like serious work. Cause it was like, don't get back in the dumpster. <laughs> like it's just a thing, but I can understand, you know, that attachment and wanting to be able to not have that devastate me. Right. Like I could have easily turned that into a major event. But to me, it didn't feel right to do that. It felt like this is a thing. We don't do this with things because she's always going to be here without that ring. You know, and I even I even tried to put the symbolism on it of like, maybe I was using that ring as an excuse to, you know, with relationship stuff, you know, because it's a clatter ring and you turn it one way and you turn it the other way and all that. I mean, I really was like, there's a reason why this happened. And it's probably multiple things and moving on. But this is what we're talking about with that meaning and that attachment and that kind of stuff. It's okay, but we don't want it to be so deep that there's devastation because of a physical item, right? Like the physical item is not the important thing, the memory or the person or the spirit of the human that it reminds us of should always be at the forefront. Yeah, absolutely. And not to mention the fact that I think that we have to think about the person, like when a person adores you to that level, they're never going to be like, you lost the ring. Like, right. They're not going to come and haunt you because you lost the ring. It's, it's, I get that there's symbolism and I get that a lot of people have that attachment, but they live on inside you mm-hmm. and their spirit is around you. So there is a sense of, you may not have the ring, but you don't need the ring to remind you of the love that was present and that is still present with that person. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and I, you know, and I applaud you for that because I would have, I would have sat there and I would have cried. I would have cried. I would have found a hazmat suit. I would have <laughs> done something. I would have like, well, I, I just, saw that dumpster. <laughs> I was like the things that were in there crawling around. I was like, there's not anything that can make like nothing is this important and, and it needed to be this way, right? Like it needed to be to a point where I would stop. It wasn't, it needed to happen. I needed to lose the ring <laughs> right? for many reasons, but yeah, I mean, that's exactly it though. Is like, that's what I didn't want for my life, right? Like always. And at that time I was purging my apartment to move knowing that I was only going to be able to mail a few boxes and pack my little sedan with my dog. So it was like, I was purging a lot of stuff and it was like part of, it was an accidental purge. (laughs) Like I was like, no, that's not what I wanted to do, you know? But so luckily I was in that space already of being able to say, it's just a thing. Like I, I, I can't allow this to run my life in this moment, I still need to keep going and that it is just a physical thing. Um, And that, I mean, it's easier said than done to carry that because I'm sitting in my office right now, which is full of craft stuff that I have held on to. I don't know why 
I mean, I think it's because I plan to do stuff and sometimes I don't, but I collect more stuff and it's going through that. Like, why do you have to have all this stuff? Why do you have to hold on to all this stuff? So I still have it, right? Like I still have that like tendency to hold on to things. And so I'll still have to do that work that I did even at that time of, you know, the dumpster incident of like, these are just material things. They are not representative of whatever it is that I think they are representative of. Right. Right. And I know from my mother's point of view, because my mother is a hoarder, she borderline, borderline, but she's there. She hoards craft, like fabric, like uh, for her quilts. Uh, She is, um, I think for her, it's, it's the idea of now, and we're going to get into this in the next episode, but the idea of spending money and the financial side of needing to release, you know, because, you know, and as it pertains to this month of gift giving, but my mom copes with life through shopping. And so she shops, but usually it's for other people. So she justifies it, that it's gifts. Yeah. And but her issue is fabric. Yeah. She has more bins and those totes, those plastic totes of fabric than I think the fabric store does. <laughs> she, if it wasn't for her friend Jean cleaning out her house, I swear, I swear she'd be having, she'd have them stacked to the ceiling. Um, but my mother, it's comfort. It's company. It's not feeling alone. It's it's having purpose, having the energy of there's something to do. Like, oh, I can create another quilt out of these, or I can create, I can make this for someone, or you know, I can do whatever. You know, that's that's kind of her thing, and it it's just so when she. The idea of she had a partner who died suddenly, no, no like illness or whatever. He just died suddenly. She still had all of his stuff, like his clothes, his, you know, there was a grief process that wasn't happening. Mm -hmm. And so thankfully her friend helped her through getting rid of at least his clothes. Um, She kept some of his stuff, but at least the clothes themselves were um, given away. But my mother hangs on to things because of reminding her of the people that she lost or having them physically, you know, part of her, her stuff, like having his motorcycle and having his, you know, all of his clothes and all of his stuff. Like, so she kept some of it, but not all of it. You know what I mean? So she's a very tangible needing physical reminders of people. So her process is, it needs years of therapy, but you know, that's well, most the side of, us, of yeah. me. <laughs> most of us, when we get to that point <laughs> are like, oh man, <laughs> this is going to be a lot of undoing here. <laughs> So like, you know, when, when my, when she moves out and, and moves, you know, back to New Hampshire, eventually, hopefully the cleaning out that house is going to be like a lot of freaking work <laughs> like yeah. because of how much stuff is in there. And, yeah, and yeah. there's no way of it's her emotional comfort. 
-hmm. it's her emotional comfort of meeting like that she's had people in her life that loved her that she's had people in her life that have meaning to her like she has my dad's and her partner's ashes like like she not you know some of them but she always it's like her people are around her she because she's a lonely person she doesn't make friends easy and so having that all around her gives her that sense of company or that sense of stuff so she doesn't have to feel the emptiness of her house sure which totally makes sense to us right like we can understand that in terms of you know, when you move into a new space, you want to make it yours. So you'll hang things on the wall and you'll put your personal effects around so that it feels like home. And it's like that, that line that we all have to find for ourselves. When is too much, too much? You know, when does it become like you started when you started the podcast, when does it become heavy versus light and airy and sentimental in a good way? When does it become heavy and overbearing and and that kind of thing. And I, you know, everybody's line is probably different, right? But we do understand that that that, that hoarder line, <laughs> actually, when I said it was like borderline hoarder line, I thought I was like accidental genius, but it's, <laughs> it's emotional and psychological. And that, and it's that make that's what makes it different for everybody, right? So I could look at somebody's, somebody could come into my house, say, and come into my office right now and go, wow, she crafts a lot. Okay. <laughs> now I know when I look around, I've held on to a lot of things and have been going through the emotional process of why do I hold on to them? These things aren't coming in and out. They're not flowing in and out. I'm holding on to a lot of stuff for later. Right. So my emotional issue is different than somebody who if you did walk in here and they are flowing it in and out right like that is what you would say and that is what they would agree with but me I'm like no that's not what's happening here what's happening here with me is I like to collect stuff because I like to do stuff but then when I go to do stuff I'm realizing that I think about the specialness of the item and then I get overwhelmed with how to make it the most special right what do I do with this piece of wood, right? I'm just going to use an example. Sometimes it's hard to decide what to do with that piece of wood. So then I put it aside, (laughs) right? And I find something that I can commit to (laughs) and do that thing. And I am guessing that your mom probably has that with fabric because that's, it's like the, for when it's time to use it, I'll have it. For when the special time arrives, I will have it. That's lack mentality. I was just taught this last month by, you know, the person who's trying to get me to stop doing this, that that is lack mentality, that belief that it won't be there when I need it. So I hold on to it. And so that's a separate issue, a separate psychological issue of hoarding than the sentimental hoarding, right? Right. This is big people. Like there is so much to it. You're not just collecting stuff because stuff comes to you and you have no place to put it. We all have a psychological and emotional connection that, that that's what this podcast is about is how do we figure that out so that we can release enough of it. So our, our homes feel light so that our lives feel light the way that we want them to, you know, Marie Kondo and her, you know, does the spark joy, what swept the nation for a reason, because people started to release 
that emotional connectivity because she was focusing on the positive connectivity. If you don't have the positive, get rid of it, right? I mean, it was very like three, two, one, go. Joy, no, okay, get rid of it. Like, don't think twice. Don't don't talk yourself back into holding these things. If it does not spark joy, don't keep it, right? And that, I mean, that's why it became such a big deal because people enjoyed doing that. People enjoyed the lightness that that brought into their lives. And, you know, it was sweeping out some of that darkness. Well, and I think that too, is that people saw people having results. Yes. Like there are people in this world and, and part, one of them is me, <laughs> um, where we have stuff and we, we want, we, you know, we want our houses to look neat and kind of put together and uncluttered. And so you see this magical transformation of all these people, especially if you watched it and not just read the book, you right. see it and you're like, I want that. I want the clean house. I want the uncluttered. I want to be free of the weight of all this shit. And you kind of go through that process. And, and and that's why I think she was so popular was because it, it gave people permission in, and, and here's where we go into the idea of feeling guilty because so-and-so gave you this to you and you needed to keep it out of obligation. Yes. It gave people the freedom to say, this doesn't spark my joy. I'm getting rid of it. Like, and it was, it was almost like permission to get rid of the thing that you've been carting around that your, your in-law twice removed gave you, you know what I mean? Like it gave people permission to let it go. Sure. That minimalistic thing. Absolutely. That was about permission. People were throwing that word around because they were like, it's the thing I can use. It's the excuse that I can use to release myself from obligation. I'm become, I'm more, I'm living a more minimalist lifestyle and it may not even be sustainable because once you move that stuff out, you may move stuff in that does spark joy. Right. So it's not that I'm trying to live minimalistic, but it's, that was the excuse that it gave me to get rid of the things that I felt obligated to hold on to. You're right. I mean, it gave permission. And what we're trying to do here is say, build on that. You always have permission that we, we don't have to continue that, you know, materialistic belief that, that when something is given, you must keep that, that some, that, that, that physical property holds so much meaning that the meaning leaves when the physical is gone. If we can, if we can say that about people, we can say that about things. If your body leaves this earth and your spirit is here, then the cup that you loved so much can leave this earth (laughs) and your spirit can also still be here because it's cluttering up my space. (laughs) Well, and, and, you know, and let's, let's, I, I think too, is that we need to touch on the fact that, okay, if you are a person who has a tendency to have a lot of attachment to the physical things in your life, whether it's through obligation, guilt, whether it's through lack mentality, whatever flavor of, of that you have or all of them there, I encourage you when you're on this journey is to seek help in a sense, not just physical help in releasing it, but mental health emotional health, emotional support, emotional, because here's the thing, 
you didn't get there because you're a put together emotionally well human. You got here because there's something that's that was given to you, whether it's ancestral, whether it's through your parents or whether it's through a learned behavior or whatever it is, there's a reason you're here. There's a reason why you have a lack mentality or there's a reason why you have a, a guilt or an obligational um, attachment to items and you keep things. There's a reason. And I don't want to discount that, that that reason is val- not valid. It is valid. It's mm-hmm. valid. The, how you got here is valid. You have to give yourself the grace of understanding is that because the situation is the way it is, it's not a place for you to judge yourself that you have stuff. It's a place for you to have understanding and grace and empathy and compassion or one of them for yourself and saying, wow, okay, I got here somehow and I want to know how so that I can release myself from the burden of carrying these physical things everywhere I go. And Mm -hmm. I think that that's just so important to recognize and to, to touch base on because we can talk about releasing and purging till the cows come home. But if we don't talk about the idea of the emotional and mental ramifications of letting go of things, mm-hmm. you know, unless you're prepared, unless you understand that you've been, you've done the work, you've done whatever work necessary for you to release, you know, there's going to be some emotional effects. You're either going to hit that door. You're going to go to TJ Maxx and refill all the spaces you just emptied you know, yeah. well, gonna... it all got there from love, yes. right? Like it all got there from love. We hold on to things like the, the basis of it is love, right? Like what, no matter what it is, whether I loved the object, I love the feeling I got from the object. I love the person who gave me the object, you know, there's love somewhere, you know? And so when we think of releasing it, we think of re- releasing love and we don't want to do that. Nobody wants to, to, to do that. That's what it feels like. It feels like releasing love or turning your back or, you know, not loving a person when you get rid of something that they have given to you. And I understand it completely because, you know, I don't want the idea of like, hey, I'm going to give a, bun- a bunch of people a bunch of gifts that they don't, they don't want. I don't like that. I want to give them things that they want, but I also don't want them to feel obligated for the rest of their lives to carry the things that I've given to them you know, but if I am that kind of person, I'm going to impose that on you, right? I'm going to, you know, like, you know, if if somebody gives something to me, and then they ask me where it is later, I'm going to feel guilty. So they're imposing the idea, they're, they're solidifying the idea that that object means love, it means a representation of our love together. And I will break that bond. If I get rid of that item. So when we think of the love have being how this thing happened, we have to take apart each piece of that love and put it somewhere else. Take it out of the object and put it somewhere else in order for the object to be released of that love, right? So that's like part of that process, you know? And I think even, even when you're doing that purging, making sure that you take your time to go through all of those things and, and process the emotions that come up rather than just dumping a whole bunch of stuff. Because like you said, it's going to be, it may be too heavy to do it all at once. Or if you ask for help and somebody comes in and throws away a bunch of stuff and you're not either aware of what those things are, or you didn't feel like you had choice, that's not going to go very well. That's going to be the opposite effect of what we're trying to do. So 
understanding that it is a process that may be very long because it's going to bring up all of those attachments and where that love comes from or didn't come from, right? If you have an item that you're holding on to from somebody who you didn't think loved you, and this is the way that you feel loved by them, getting rid of that item is going to break the bond that you have with them. And we don't want to do that. So we're going to hold on to the item, right? (laughs) However, if we sit in a space, a safe space to process that emotion, we may learn about that connection we did have with the person, or maybe that we're holding on to a connection that we shouldn't because that person was not good to us to release that object of the love we've put into it. The love that, that we've decided it is a representation of. So yes, it's, it's not as easy as just throw away all your shit. It'll be totally fine. Yeah. (laughs) Right. You know, even me, I know about this, right? Like I know about this and I still am sitting with all of my crafting stuff and going, What's your attachment to this right now? Where, what, why are you having such a difficulty with allowing this to go somewhere? Why, where's the specialness lying here? And that's a small thing and I still have to do it. So I get the big thing. I get when you're not aware of your emotions to begin with, how daunting this may feel, but it's worth it and it's freeing and it changes your life in such a way that it's impossible to, relay to you it's just something you're gonna have to feel and build on but once you start to do it you'll get it you'll hear it you'll feel it you'll go I know what they're talking about now because it does feel good to take this object take the love off of this object keep it within me and get rid of this object that I really don't want to have I don't want the stupid object (laughs) I want the love that goes with it right right and then how to change that into either and uh, uh, loving, receiving the love and understanding that the love is there without the physical. That's the, you know, that's the hardest, one of the hardest, I think, hurdles for some people. So let's talk about now that we're talking about healing that and we're talking about healing and connecting to it. You know, I'll share my experience, um, which it's funny because it was my first introduction to the healing arts. Um, I was talking about all that stuff that my mother gave me and all these bins and all the bins that had all this shit in it. And I knew it was in all of them. And I, so I had, I had had given a Reiki healing to my friend for her birthday and I decided I wanted one too. And, and so I paid for one as well. And yeah, I went home and sat on my couch for about three hours and stared out the window processing energetically all the things that happened to me in that healing and I swear and then I got up and I called my friend and I said you need to come and she's like okay I said we need your SUV she's like okay and so and and she came and she opened the door to my house and was like what is going on in here (laughs) I had gone to the attic room and taken all the bins all the bins oh, that I had that were of presents, of gifts, of things, my tchotchkes, all the things, all the things. And I just said, we're donating all of this. And I just went through this process of whatever happened in that Reiki healing, that disconnection of the energy of me needing to keep like 
for me, it was just, it was a lot of it was out of obligation. And so it, it released me from that obligation and whatever that was. Um, and I just, I got rid of all of it. And then the last few bins, I went through them and took out what I wanted to keep. And, you know, and then I, and then I got rid of, I got rid of the rest and I became this kind of pseudo minimalist because even after that, I moved out to Arizona, I got rid of everything, but that didn't fit in my car. Mm -hmm. And I just, you know, so it was like, I go through these phases of purging, like every six months, like if I haven't touched it, used it, worn it, if it's like, and I've had a season with it, then I get rid of it. It's, it's free. It's flow. It's, it's, it's like, flow. Yeah. Right. Like allowing things to flow in and flow out and having that trust that you will get the things that you need when you need them. And that's why, you know, like for, for two people who have taken off and moved all kinds of places and just left all their shit everywhere or given all their shit away. It's because we learned how to trust ourselves that when we need something, we will get it, that we don't have to hold on to things because we will never get it again, that we will, we will. And, And, and yeah, sure. It started as like being forced to, because we didn't have space in our cars or whatever, but it turned into exactly what it needed to turn into, which was these items can be important for the time that they are important and then they can be unimportant and that's okay. New ones will become important and they will be a flow and it can happen however you want it to be. It can be seasonally. It can be (laughs) once a year. It can, you know, and that it's a beautiful thing, right? Like hearing you talk about that of like, Hey, every six months, I just kind of look around and be like, what kind of shit is clutter and what kind of shit am I still feeling good about? And, and just let that go because new stuff will spark joy and it's good. Yeah. It's a beautiful flow. It's, it, and it's helped. But for those of you who have this kind of lifelong pattern of holding on to things out of obligation and guilt, because somebody gave it to you, not in a sense of it's a love thing or it's an heirloom or, but I mean, just stuff. Like it was a wedding present from your first marriage that you divorced many years ago and you kept it because the mother-in-law gave it to you and you're just like, the vase that you're shit in my sink right now. Sorry. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Damn it. That hurt. Sorry. (laughs) From my marriage. (laughs) Well, I, I've kept a cookie jar for my mother-in-law because I adore my mother-in-law. I mean, and I've been divorced forever since 2005. I've left. So, but I adore, I still have been in contact with my mother-in-law. That's how much I adore her. Um, So it's, it's very different in my case, but, uh, but even the, so that cookie jar just broke recently. And I'm like, well, I guess I ain't carrying that one around anymore. Am I? (laughs) But, uh, but some of you have realistically a very serious hard time with it. And so one of the things I approach, um, I have had a friend in my life who I have back from forever ago, we've been working on, you know, decluttering and letting go of things. And one of the things that I think is most important to remember is that that obligation holds weight in your life, that it's hard to do great huge leaps and bounds of healing when you're ob- feeling obligated to keep an item from the people that you're trying to heal from <laughs> it's not always helpful 
that's a good point. You know, it's like <laughs> when you're trying to heal from your first marriage, but you're carrying around something your in-laws gave you, not really conducive to your healing. Um, but the other thing I, I let them know, and it's something I use for myself. Like if I'm looking at an item and I'm like, have you really used that? And I'm like, meh, not really. And I don't need it or don't want it. I think, who is there someone out there who can? Now, maybe there, I'm, I'm unrealistic to think that, um, you know, that there is someone out there that is going to use my stuff or get my stuff or feel excited, but you never know. I mean, I, goodwill, I gave my, and don't let my mother hear this. I gave my mother's wedding dress to goodwill. Okay. Because I don't let my brothers hear it either. Um, because <laughs> I got tired of carrying it around. I was yeah, nobody obviously cares about it or they would have asked you about it. Right. Well, well, I don't know if they knew about it. <laughs> so, no, I mean, just like, yeah. Where's the dress? Like nobody, yeah. they gave it to you so that nobody, they didn't have to have it. So, you know, I, 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 and somebody I'm hoping saw that vintage dress and was like, oh my God, it's a vintage wedding dress. And was like freaked out and was like, hell yes. And mm-hmm. decided that it was their best day ever. And they found a vintage wedding dress. And so when I, when we go through those things and we go through things like things that are great, but have no sense of value in a sense of like, it wasn't, um, it wasn't something that was passed down. It wasn't something that was related. It was like an obligation or guilt thing. I'm like, do you think someone else would love using that? Cause you're not And there. And it was kind of, it's that question you ask yourself, could someone else benefit from this benefit? from using this or having this, whereas I'm just keeping it in a box in a garage out of obligation. Amen. And it's that kind of the idea of what's more important, your obligation or possibly donating it and getting, having someone else find it and getting excited about having it because it's what they've been looking for yes. in their lives. You're like, blocking someone's joy. Right. By holding on to it in there in your flipping garage, you are blocking someone's joy as well as your own, your own flow. Yeah. Putting a stopper there. Yes. And so when you are courageous and you're like, okay, wall of boxes, what am I going to do with you? (laughs) And you, you look at the closets and, and everything and you, you step into that space of, oh, what do I do? If you can't return it because it's, you've had it for too many years, mm-hmm. you know, look at it and go, I think somebody else could use this. I, you know, somebody else, or like, for example, if you're like me, cause I, <laughs> this is, this is just me, right. I'm the only one that does this probably. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally. I'm sure. Like, <laughs> so I keep old cell phones. Like I have cell phones and I, so I keep them. I have like all the way back to my Crackberry. Like I have old cell phones. Now, granted, the kids play with one or two of them and they were, you know, my, uh, so my friend's children. And so it was okay. But like, I have, I have my old cell phones. I don't know why. I don't know. I have some too. I'm like, I don't know. I'm laughing. I don't know whether it's like, I'm afraid somebody's going to get my information and steal it. I don't know whether it's just because I'm afraid we used to do that because if our current phone broke, we would go back to the yes. phone before, before we get a replacement. That's what we used to do. 
So yeah, I kept all of them. Absolutely. Even now. Yeah, I know. Like I'm thinking of my, my tiny one that's probably this big. No, nobody can see it except you. But like it's literally this big. My thumbs almost couldn't T9 it because it's, you know, it needed the T9. I my BlackBerry broke once and I had to use it. And I was so glad that I held on to this stupid little phone. <laughs> but guess what? It doesn't work anymore. So I need to throw it away because if this phone breaks, that phone's not going to help me out. <laughs> it doesn't no. even have internet. I don't know. My, my crackberry, my crackberry is not going to help at all either. Yeah. So. It's like, oh my God. Yeah. So yeah. it just, I don't know. That's we, funny though. That's funny because I think you're, you're right. You're not the, you're, you're not the only person that does that. But I think the, like the, the moral of that story being like sometimes we just have stuff and we yeah. don't actually have an explanation that we feel like makes enough sense to continue it on. Am I the only person? And, and this is just to show you guys that we're not exempt from this process. Not at all. Not even in a little bit. <laughs> anybody else out there keep the boxes of their electronics? Like yeah, I my tablet, mm -hmm. my cell phone, like my microphone, like I have the boxes for everything. And I'm like, girl, is there a reason we're keeping the box? It's like, uh -huh. Well, well, you never know. Yeah. I used to keep them because I thought the next time I move, I'll have a box to put it in. I like I'm going to put everything in little individual boxes. Oh, God. Girl. Like it was, it was a reason to keep. Yeah. I mean, we keep boxes anyway, right? Like boxes and bags anyway. Yeah. But yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I have the, my friends who own the house. They have like the box that their cameras came in. I guarantee that when they sell this house, they're not going to put them back in this boxes. They're holding on to them too. <laughs> I haven't thrown them I away. Have a rubber not made... my boxes to throw away. <laughs> I have a rubber made bin of boxes, like. <laughs> Like oh, my diffusers, no. like my Young Living diffusers, because they're so great and how they package them. I kept them because I thought I, you know, it, it made sense in Arizona because I was like, I'm going to move. I'm going to keep these so they can go in their sure. boxes, but I'm still keeping them like they're empty and I'm still keeping them. And I'm like, girl, you're not going to move anytime soon. <laughs> right. Right. And so these are like, I love that you brought this up because I feel like this is how easy it happens. Yes. Right. And this is like, whenever I talk to people that feel like they hoard, this is how what happens is like, it, it, it wasn't this big emotional gathering of things and like oh, putting them in piles and having a big ceremony about it. It was like, it just happened little by little by little of just holding on to things for reasons that now I don't know. Right. Like, so people will be like, I don't know why I have that, but I need it right? Because obviously I need it. I kept it for 15 years. Like, no, no, that's not an obviously anything. If you still don't know why you need it, let's talk about getting rid of it, you know, but that it's very hard to get into that brain space and let it happen. You know, I mean, to really go, okay, I'm going to do it today. Today, I'm going to do it. We understand that. I mean, I think that this is our way of saying like, we get it. We're not going to be just telling you, Hey, get rid of your stuff. You have too much of it. You know, if you have too many things, just get rid of them. Like that's the baseline, but we understand the wavy part of that baseline of the, like, I don't know why this is happening and it may take me time to figure it out or, you know, 
whatever center of my brain is lighting up right now. I'm not, I'm having trouble trying to hear the signal. We get it a hundred percent. We have silly things that we hold on to as well, but being that we know what we know, we also have stories like you just told of, Hey, five bins of stuff that I haven't seen in years and I'm holding on to for obligation. I'm going to let somebody else have that. I'm going to let somebody else find that thing. I love, I go to Goodwill. I love Goodwill because I find somebody else's thing that they didn't want that I love. It happens all the time, you know, where I love something that somebody gave away. So yes, when you have that intent, it's, it's real. It's really going to happen. You're putting your energy, right? Like we're passing energy on in the form of these objects of like, here, I'm going to take the love that I put into this object right? I'm going to take from, from it what I need, but I'm going to put some more, I'm going to leave what's left for the next person to have. I'm giving this love to you. Yeah. Right. So that the next person can feel that I just got goosebumps thinking about it because that's what I think when I take something off that shelf and be like, this is so cool. I think about the person who had it that was like, eh, you know, I loved this for a while, but I don't love it anymore. But I want somebody else to love it. They're passing love to me in that moment. Yeah. Whether they know it or not. Well, and it's like, I don't know. I just feel that my friends here are goodwill fanatics. Like my friend found his, a whole set of Japanese China here and he is in love with it, in love with it. And he was so excited to find it at goodwill and to find all the things every Shabbat dinner, we use the, the China. It's not something that it sit in the cupboard. We use yeah. it. We love it. It's yeah. So we, I think it's Japanese. It's Noritake, whatever it is. Anyway. Awesome. <laughs> so it's, I, I just want to point out, it's not just about releasing your physical attachment to stuff that the physical stuff it's also about learning why what is it what is the attachment it's about understanding yourself on a deeper level it's understanding how you got here it it like like you know like collection of boxes like I've been doing that for years and I don't realize I don't need to until I kind of go oh (laughs) okay you know it's an automatic wrote thing sometimes and sometimes it's out of the need for the 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 vacancy of space sometimes may feel overwhelming or maybe it feels too empty or you know there's lots of reasons why you could want to be attached to your physical stuff and none of it's wrong none of it's wrong it's just about okay it's time to learn why and it's time to decide whether that's you I know um, I have a friend who I love dearly, who is going through this massive shift and letting go of her physical attachment to things. And, you know, and it's not been an easy process. It's been years of a process for her and she's shedding and she's allowing, and she's, she's, she's creating more space for the other things that she wants in her life. And it's, it's amazing to watch. It's, it's amazing to be a part of. If anything at all, if you, you know, find a person who supports you in a way that isn't going and taking and throwing out your shit, Finding a, find a person who will sit there with you 
And, and as you go through your own stuff, support you in releasing it and asking you the questions of, does it serve you any longer? Is it something that you use or is it an emotional baggage? Are you ready to let go of that? Are you ready to let someone else have the joy in what you're holding and, and to really offer them ways that they can do good with the things that they're releasing? Find your ally that I think is more important than anything um, yeah. is to find an ally in the process. I, I've never in helping friends purge, I don't do it for them. I sit there and I support them emotionally because they don't need my physical help. They, they need the emotional support of releasing things and letting know, letting them know it's okay to do that because, you know, your mother-in-law wouldn't really care. It's not, she doesn't even remember what she got you for their wedding gift. So, so it's, you know, the amount of gifts I've given that I don't know what they are, all of them basically. Yeah. You probably think about three in my whole entire life that I can remember that I've given to people. And if they gave them away, I don't care. <laughs> like, <laughs> please don't clutter your house with shit that I've given you if you don't love it. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, yeah, that, that support matters. So that, because again, it's not about the thing, it's about the emotions and we don't, yeah. we don't always have the ability to process our emotions alone because right. they're, they're overwhelming or, you know, sometimes it is about accountability right? If nobody's there sitting with me, I'm probably not going to throw this away. (laughs) I'm probably not even going to try to process the emotion that allows me to throw this away, you know, or I'm going to be so overwhelmed by the amount of things that I have to go through that I feel like too alone to do it. But if I have somebody beside me, I will be able to have this, this process and make it go as slowly or as quickly as I'd like for it to go. But I'm will feel supported and not alone and unsafe. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. A hundred percent. So I, mean, I, I, I pulled out of my crawl space, all of Scarlett's baby things that I held on to for the idea of maybe I'll have another. And I cried and I cried and I put them in a different closet. They're like, <laughs> they're not, they're no longer in the crawl space. They are now in a closet. And I know that that's a process that I have to go through. And that was step one of the process. And it's okay for step one of the process to take a little bit longer than you'd think. It's not just about getting rid of them. And I'm going to have to go through them. And I'm going to have to decide how, not if, how (laughs) I'm going to get rid of these things. (laughs) Because I don't need to hold on to two boxes of baby things. But again, we get it. It is not something that is super quick, that it is about love. It isn't about being dirty. It isn't about being, um, you know, anything negative. This is all about love in one way or another, whether it's, you know, love that you feel or you wanted to feel or that you've now attached yourself to it. But think of it also as strings. We can't fly if we are attached physically by strings. And if we have a house full of strings that are attached to us, we can't fly. And we deserve the right to fly. We deserve the right to unhook those strings permanently or temporarily, depending on how we feel so that we can, you know, feel good, feel love feel like no matter what objects are around us, we feel and enjoy that love. You know, 
I mean, I used to say, well, I don't say it anymore because it's a bit violent, but I used to say in the times that I would move, what if my house burned down? I'd lose all this stuff anyway. And I would really say that because that was how I had to connect to the idea of these are just things. If they were gone tomorrow through no fault of your own, you'd still have to live your life. So let's not, you know, put weight on things that, that I don't need to, because it puts weight on me. Yep. And I've had that happen. So, you know, I lost a lot of things I was proud of. I lost my entire book collections. I've lost, I lost my cheerleading trophies. I lost all of the things that I felt proud of. I I lost everything, papers, like everything. And I, the thing of it was, is that the only thing I mourned were the things that I held pride in the things that like my cheerleading trophies and things like that. Like those are the things I, I was proud of. I was proud of accomplishing, like, you know, I was not a trophy winning human being and, but to have accomplished that, you know, it was, it was prideful, but then I was like, yeah, but it's in your heart. So it happened without the trophy, even if there were no trophy, it still happened. Yeah. So (laughs) it, it just, you know, for me, it was a reminder of how much things don't matter, you know, like how much the physical doesn't matter. It allowed me a purging of things involuntarily. (laughs) Yeah. Like absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Uh So and, and, you know, and, and well, at the time I was like, oh my God, you know, now I realize it's okay. It's okay. So. Yeah. It's yeah. okay. You're okay. I'm okay. If you're listening right now, you can go through this process and also be okay. Yeah. They're just things, right? The, the actual material is just energy that has been created into something tangible that we can touch with our hands but there's much more to that energy that we can hold on to without holding it in our hands that we can connect to, put it in our hearts, put it in our minds, put it in, you know, put it in our souls and carry it with us without the physical um, items weighing us down. I mean, really and truly, I, I can't say it enough that it is possible, but take your time with it. Don't feel pressured. Don't allow, um, don't allow the, the, the expectations of others to push you too far, but also allow yourself to be held accountable because I do know that it is very easy to go, well, nobody's watching. So I'm not going to do it because I'm not ready. I don't feel like I'm ready, but we can talk ourselves out of being ready because of the fear, right? The fear of getting rid of those things will absolutely tell us I'm not ready for 10 years, (laughs) right? (laughs) We can totally do that. So don't allow that again, tow that line, walk that line, test the waters, find somebody that you trust that can help you process the emotions that are going to come up as you do this. And honor you, you know, don't, don't bring in a person who is judgmental in a sense of like, oh, you should have done this years ago, or, or I can't believe you have this much stuff, or that's going to have some sort of narrative around your process. Bring in someone who you feel offers you the most grace mm-hmm. because that's really what it is. It's not about judging you or, or, you know, it's, it's what it is. It's about being realistic and accepting you for where you're at. And then, and then just, you know, that you're in process. 
-hmm. and loving you through the process of whatever that is. I could have, you know, there's, you know, I could have sat there and been very like, no, you got to get rid of all this stuff today. We did two boxes. It was exhausting for that person to do two boxes and release that much. Mm -hmm. There's no time. There's, you know, we don't want to hold it forever, but there, but there isn't a rush to do it right away. Like all of it, you can't, it's not the ripping a bandaid off type of scenario. It's, it's a slowly eroding of the, of the baggage of the connection of the obligation, whatever it is. So it's, it's just a process and allow yourself that process. It's like any kind of healing. Cause it is healing. Yeah. Right? So if you were to come in, into a counseling space with me, I'm not going to say, Hey, in the next hour, we're going to solve this problem. We're probably not. It's going to take many hours yeah. because we're processing the emotion around it. We are inserting new things. We're trying new things. It's going to be a process. It's exactly the same thing, except we have a difficulty understanding that it's attached to an object, but it's, it's about the feelings yeah. with the object. So it's literally the same exact process. What is this bringing up for you? Where did it come from? How do we, re- how do we release it? And what are we replacing it with? Yeah. Same process because it's about the emotions and the psychology of it. It's not about the object. Yeah, 100%. We hope that at least we've given you the courage or sparked the idea of going through this process. If you need help via therapy or via counseling or just needing to talk to someone and help navigate through it, you know, contact Vanessa. She is our holistic counselor. And if you just need to just feel like you need to clear some attachments of some energy, energetic attachments of obligation, or you just need to clear your energy field to see what the best way forward is, you can contact me. And um, we love you. And we hope that this helps you shift your perception of your materialist materialistic things in your life. And if you have any questions, please reach out to us. We love you and talk to you soon. Thank you for joining us on Freud's Angels. We are thankful for each of you opening up your heart to us. To continue the healing, connect with us on Instagram at Freud's underscore angels and on Facebook at Freud's Angels. Please subscribe to the show so that we may help you continue your journey. And remember to give us some love in the review section. If anything we've talked about today has triggered an emotional or mental crisis, please call 911 or head to the nearest emergency center. And always remember you are loved, you are worthy, and the world needs your light.